Happy holidays to all! Hope everyone is wrapping up their Christmas shopping and getting as much eggnog in them as possible. Don't forget the carols and the bells that jingle all the way. Cletus actually was listening to some Christmas songs from long, long ago, and honestly pointed out something that I had overlooked for years. Haunting tales of the paranormal are referred to during the holiday season many times in many tunes and traditions, and Cletus wanted to know why. Well, we are curious too. So, Ash, Miley, and I did some abducting and some digging and now present to you our findings. Here are Christmas Ghost Stories. You've just crossed over into the crop circle zone. Hello. We're pretty DMCA'd. We're, we're <laughs> it was, finally, it was too good. It was too yeah, good. Too good. The synchronization that wasn't there really made it for me. Absolutely. It's more chilling that way, I think. <laughs> more haunting, if you will. Boo. Boo. Welcome to Crop Circles, guys, where every week we talk about a new myth, mystery, or paranormal story. I feel like I haven't said that in so long. Maybe I said it last episode. <laughs> uh, I feel like I say it all the time over on stream. Like, I'm really? like, when I'm from, I'm like, myth, mystery, the paranormal. <laughs> And just go nuts on it. I feel like I haven't said it in a while, but that's maybe because the past week has been just every day something different. <laughs> every day something different. I feel like it hits. So, it rolls off the tongue pretty nicely. Yeah. But hello, I'm Ash. I'm here with my co-host. Corey. Coriander, the great Cornholio. We uh, just went over this last cornholio. week. I'm just going to keep adding things. I don't have a new one this week, but maybe uh, I will next week. We'll find out. Quachankla. No, <laughs> we're, we're going to work on it. It's going to come organically. That's what I support. Organic nicknames. Amen. Man, I, I'm all about that manufactured byproduct. You know? <laughs> High fructose corn syrup of nicknames. High fructose corn holio. Oh my God, wait. The high fructose corn holio. Goodbye. See, you see, this is why we can't go on tangents because then things just stop making sense really fast. But then we come full circle crop circles mm. let's go anyways like you guys probably saw or heard saw i always say that i see things through the microphone <laughs> i was like like you guys probably already saw um no i mean they probably <laughs> saw the title and they heard you just now saying the intro yeah yeah so they they, they they've seen and heard at they've this point and heard that now, they're, now they're gonna taste now they're gonna taste maybe touch i hope ooh, ooh. i hope they don't touch a i'm gonna reach through your earbuds and just go <laughs> on in the inside Could of your you... ear canal Bump. i hope you cleaned them nice and good for me yoshi style we're about to reach in but today we are talking about the ghost stories of christmas you heard it here folks christmas and not halloween isn't that weird so it's it's interesting yeah i mean i feel like it's been around we've always sung songs about it always talked about it but then it's just like i never questioned it to be honest i never was like a boo um put my santa claus hat on and give someone a present like and talk about ghost stories no not me i don't do that i'm yeah but you know me and miley were you there when we were listening, I think you were there. I don't know if you were in the conversation though. I don't get. I don't get we invited. Were, no, we were thinking. I'm in the other group chat. <laughs> we were listening to like Christmas songs and that one Andy Williams song was yeah. like, "There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmas is long, long ago. Yes, it's the most 
wonderful time of the year. Yeah, I the karaoke has come very early this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, there'll be scary ghost stories. When? Since when? Yeah. Get yeah, coming yeah, yeah, with yeah. the bass. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So he was talking about ghost stories mm. and they talking about Christmas. And we were confused. We were like, since when that happened? Because traditionally, at least for me, ghost stories haven't been a huge part of Christmas. But I also have mm-hmm. a very Mexican point of view with Christmas. Like, I don't have the yeah. all-American version. I mean, I have a very conservative view of Christmas. I'm very, mm-hmm. very conservative. So it's like, not even like Santa. Like, that's like harping on the present side of it's a little bit too much. Well, yeah, I think in Mexican culture as well like santa is so mm-hmm. not it's not accepted or it hasn't been accepted until recent mm-hmm. very very recently but definitely it's all about el niño dios or like yeah, yeah, yeah. baby jesus that was like the the thing that you grew up exactly saying. yeah no my, my dad wouldn't let us go down and open up the christmas presents because we were like we all our bedrooms were upstairs the christmas tree was downstairs he'd stop us at the top of the stairs and I'd wait for him to wake up and he'd like go grab the bible and he'd read us the whole story of like the nativity scene and everything and then we'd talk about it he had like a point and so we have like our own like little i don't know powwow bible study kind of thing up at the top and like that's like and it was very much heavily influenced throughout like the month of december as well and then we would go down to the tree and open the presents which i found doing some of this research is like massively pagan having a christmas tree tree. and a wreath on your door and like some like the just like the traditions that we have like basically adopted into the 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 christmas traditions and stuff and i there's plenty of other holidays as well that i'm i don't know if they've adopted some other yuletide things but it's very very interesting very very it's a blend definitely i think that people don't realize especially in quote unquote western culture how pagan christmas truly is because it wasn't a christian holiday until if you look at it like in a historical sense very recently yeah Um, yeah. so it like our modern christmas is within like our modern christmas traditions that we know as americans and probably as um europeans as well i'm assuming in Mm -hmm. this context assuming the research that we did would have probably only happened within the past 300 years yeah i'd say that's max maybe like that's max Mm -hmm. so it's definitely an interesting holiday and that's why we have ghost stories right yeah they basically like they've they've come from various different places but i can tell you exactly where all this like background comes from you know so christmas was actually a a pagan holiday uh it it was called something else i believe it was yule um was the actual holiday that they they celebrated and christmas kind of got blended into that through the years um but then a pagan a religious holiday and then it was a religious and capitalist holiday the different things that like kind of stacked on top of each other um christmas origins were rather complicated as in like europe there were uh, many like late december holidays because of the uh, the solstice and yeah. various different things with a different um a lot of countries traditions with the countries yes um france um all of uh, like the netherlands the dutch the uh, germany Spain, uh, just Europe has a lot of different stuff going on in there with different languages, different backgrounds, a lot of different tradition going on there. So here's there's a couple that we can cover that like are pretty um relevant, um, pretty pretty relevant for this. And uh, the Norse had Yule, and we've mm-hmm. talked about the Norse before with the Kraken. Um, and they've had this Yule celebration that they would do every uh, every winter time for the the solstice. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for the coming of light and longer days because the solstice is actually the sh- the the winter solstice. Solstice is the shortest day out of the uh, the year. 
um, the less it's the least amount of daylight and it's the longest amount of uh, nighttime and it's actually kind of brings up a lot of really good stuff because during the nighttime and during the cold and during the winter time it brings a lot of fear and stuff because only in maybe the past 150 years or so winter has been kind of bearable for humanity right like you you'd be like oh yeah heater. spring summer fall like we're all buds we're all fine but then the winter time would come and i'd be like miley ash i don't know if i'm gonna see you come march so yeah. don't well, die <laughs> like don't let your roof cave in don't freeze to death don't run out of food okay don't get cholera don't get like any of the um the ancient diseases don't get cornholio don't get cornholio yeah no I, I can't imagine any of the other seasons were that great either but winter was probably um the worst you know yeah the other three no, were in either. preparation of <laughs> of winter you're like we do everything in our power to survive till the next time we have to try to survive again yeah. it was a very vicious cycle and um life expectancy life expectancy wasn't super long and when the winter came you were not guaranteed life at all right because winter came and took away a lot um and giving that whole vibe and everything with the pagan paganism they um they found that like the only things that would stay alive were like the evergreen trees and stuff because mm-hmm. that's like the only thing winter didn't kill and so they were like that's why you see a lot of evergreen around in Christmas time. Like Christmas trees are obviously some sort of pine with like a lot of holly and things like that. Um, and then on top of that, the it, it lasted for about twelve days, about like two weeks celebration for Yule. Mm-hmm. So those, those nurse like to party for a while. They like to kind of cuddle up, get cozy, and stay warm and do their thing all together and enjoy the company while they can. Because that's yeah. where the uh, those like things on netflix like the yule logs mm. uh that whole thing comes from the norse um celebrations because they would get those logs mm. throw them and just burn them for however long it would take and that's yep. why we have that thing on netflix now and the, you know we just throw it on the tv all thanks to the norse i always thought like a yule log was like the food cake thingy i never had yes. one i don't also think officially but like the actual they're all wood. based off of the wood. the wood yeah 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 i don't i don't eat the wood this little too little, too Crunchy. much fiber too much fiber um yeah. the romans actually had something funky i didn't know about this uh saturnalia uh it's an event that uh celebrated saturn the god of agriculture which is actually i, I don't know i'll have to look into this a little bit more but last year there was i believe saturn was involved the, the Christmas star, did you remember hearing about that at all? No. 2020, there was a Christmas star that came out, which is kind of, um, people thought that this might have been the star that was there while Jesus was born. Um, like, you know, in a lot of nativity scenes, you see, like, the big yeah, bright yeah, star yeah. in the sky, and that's kind of, like, the, their reasoning for putting the star on the top of the tree. Um, that you, there was a lot of speculation that that was actually Saturn and another planet, and they were all so closely yeah. together up in the sky that created this really bright looking star um and that's what uh the romans like to celebrate is this is saturn specifically but that's what happened in 2020 was i think saturn and another planet got came together creating that star yet again um but beginning in the week leading up to the winter solstice and continuing for a full month saturnalia across europe in the middle ages was a chaotic and rowdy time for like a month enslaved people were given a semblance of freedom and treated as members of society which is insane to think about the the, the ways they were treated and the way they were that that you just read in history books of what happened to slaves and them actually being allowed to do something mm-hmm. 
I think you were saying earlier, this actually gives them, like, some sort of, um, reason to stay, quote-unquote, or, like... It was, like, a release of a lot of, uh, tensions during the time, mm. and I think when we're talking about enslaved people during, the, uh, being given a lot of freedom, it was a lot of the indentured slave population, which was, again, majority native, so they were also white. Um, mm. I don't know, essentially, like, the, the context for, like, other slaves, of color and things but i know yeah. that a lot of the uh, indentured slaves that were white mm. did get this semblance of freedom so they were kind of coerced mm -hmm. into like hanging out and they would like at least like you said survive the winter yeah by getting to like party and turn up yeah interestingly enough back yeah. then a lot of the slaves were christian yeah in because romans romans yeah. did not agree with um that that way of life for a long long time until then the roman catholics happened and then things ended up switching around it, it, for for a time, Christianity was looked at as like a minority, and they, if you especially in Romans, like they they were the ones who put Jesus on the cross, uh, if from what we like get from the Bible, and so they they definitely did not agree with Christianity and their beliefs, and they would either enslave or kill you for them. So that's kind of like it, it, to even think about like that those enslaved people either were natives. Or some sort of like Jews or Christians of some of some kind. Like a lot of that happened with those people. So it, it's it's crazy that it's things like that even happened. But it was awesome that they made it, they got to have this celebration to have some sort of semblance of freedom and celebrate Saturnalia, which is really really cool. I mean, it was chaotic. People were Definitely like crazy. Throw no, I'm not even kidding. Like in the book that I read, like you were getting people like lighting stuff on fire. You were getting people throwing chairs and windows. Like it was a oh, wild so the time. purge. Yeah, no, essentially, like it was pretty lawless. <laughs> I mean, that was like at the peak of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it did kind of ramp up as more and more people became a part of it. Like it was not like that family friendly holiday. You know, yeah, it was no. a turn up season. It was a time to. Also that the, like, beers and wines of the time were finally fermented that you had made during the spring. Oh, snap. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, turn season. Like, Let's they go. were going to make a movie. What was that one movie? Oh, my God. Where, like, they threw, like, Project X. Like, the most wild oh, house party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all said, we're going to throw Project X during this time. And so they did. I saw that in theaters. <laughs> oh, no. Unfortunately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> terrible, terrible marker of our generation, truly. Oh, my goodness. That, 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 I feel like, if anything, that it definitely ages you because you had to be a certain age to be able to see that. I think that was rated R. Was it rated R? Yeah. I don't remember, but I know that like a lot of people snuck into it, and not me. It could never be me, but it was like, and then like after that, like people would like throw parties in high school and like call it Project X or whatever, like that they were gonna say it was gonna be as mm. crazy as the movie. It was like a whole, whole trend. Now the only thing that matters to me is Chris. Uh, is it? What, what did we watch last night? What was it the Alien Alien Xmas? Alien Christmas, yeah. But, and it was just it was about like an alien named X, and he mm -hmm. like had his whole like confront not confrontation. He had his whole like thing with Santa Claus. Highly recommend. It was cute. It was, yeah, it's, it's like 40 minutes. One of my favorite stop motions I've ever seen in my life, honestly. So like, cute. Stop motion I don't do very well with. Nightmare Before Christmas puts me to sleep. Really? Every time. I've never seen it fully through. I'm going to be controversially that brave. I love Nightmare Before Christmas aesthetically. Mm. I don't think the plot is good. <laughs> because every time I watch it, I'm like... Like, there are so many characters that lack so much development. And, like, just writing-wise, I don't get it. Mm. Aesthetically, I'm in love with it. And I will never it's stop cool. standing, like, the, yeah, like, the sets and the characters' designs and stuff. But yeah, writing-wise, 
doesn't make no yeah. sense. Like, the fact that they throw an Oogie Boogie, like, so late in the game. Like, he does not get enough of a character arc for me, but whatever. I think it's more of a Halloween movie anyway. Definitely, it like, is, able to like... be attributed to Christmas, but coming back full circle and everything. But things were crazy, just like they were in Nightmare Before Christmas and all these other things. Um, people went nuts, and it then turned up to, like, to the, they turned into the Purge or... Yeah. And into, like, crazy things where things were on fire. Um, literally lit. But in every iteration, whether to, uh, to be uh, to stay inside to avoid the harsh weather or to attempt to stay away from the hard partying, people gathered and reflected on those that had passed on, as well as their spookiest and most memorable encounters of the year. Um, it was a fun time where people were able to get drinks in them and tell spooky stories around the fire and just kind of like... It, it, it was a fun way to get excitement and adrenaline pumping through your body because at that time they didn't have their switch they didn't yeah. have tv netflix youtube disney plus you know yeah. they're just all you had was stories they were just gathering around and reflecting on the year and stuff and, and that's how they got they got they passed the time that's how they did it for the entire winter they would just sit there and just tell those stories um, the tradition of telling ghost stories on Christmas Eve was largely English. Um, it, it was a, a puritanical culture of early America and fairly dismissed as a perceived occult pastime. Um, if you have any knowledge of what Puritanism and any of like just the Puritans in general, it was pretty strict, terrible, awful. Like. It, and what's crazy to think of at the time is they left Catholicism thinking that they were too strict and they were too far, like, in a certain a direction. It was a war of different it was crazy. ideals, and then they ended up becoming, like, the settlers of America, mm -hmm. which is why you see it being, like, they were, like, not just ghost story stuff, devil stuff. So mm -hmm. when they went to America, fun fact... They banned Christmas in certain colonies that the Puritans were more um, high. Um, well, there was like more of them in certain colonies than others. Oh yeah, like, like, higher in, concentration of population. Higher concentration. Yeah, like the go. population of people. Yeah, so they did ban Christmas in Boston, I think specifically. Yeah. It was like you got you got charged five shillings if you were like caught, caught. like caught celebrating, and I think yeah. caroling specifically was also a huge. <laughs> like if you carol, right to fine, jail. You get 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 gone. Right you to out. jail. Like the guy who who ran Boston hated it. Yeah, he, whoever he was, was in charge. The personification of Ebenezer Scrooge was himself, I, I would say. <laughs> yeah, well, they were just hating on the, um, mm -hmm. yeah. On, on, all on the, the Merry Crisis. On the Merry Crisis. And at this time, like we're saying, we're talking, I think specifically we're going to try to zoom in on this kind of Victorian era because after Saturnalia and then the Catholic Church tried to claim the season back mm -hmm. by taking December 25th as the day of Christmas. It yeah. wasn't until the early 1800s, I believe, that that became like the official time. Yeah. So they're trying to reclaim the countries, trying to make everything not as turnt again, trying to like um, make everything more religious and like get people in church versus getting them outside running yeah. around naked. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming that was what was I mean, going on. I'll do both. Why not? Yeah. Merry so. Christmas. They were trying to, you know, they were having that kind of like back and forth. And so in the Victorian era, there was, um, which was in the late 1800s, there were many rituals that were revived since there was a resurrection of pagan traditions and like new eras of thought uh, during the time. So like mm. within the whole like argument during the earlier part of the century, a lot of things were lost, but then we see people kind of trying to bring them back, um, trying to revive the good old days of the holiday if you will quote Truth. unquote 
and our favorite guy, the man of the hour, Charles Dickens, wrote A Christmas Carol during a period when the British were just, like I said, re-exploring and re-evaluating their Christmas traditions and just started adding carols and doing all sorts of things like Christmas cards and Christmas trees started becoming kind of like revived during this time. So Yeah, it was it was like the, the holiday itself was like fading at a point and uh, it, it was best definitely because people were trying to, to rid it of of the the satanic the occult the pagan traditions that were coming along with it um and these these stories that came from the uh from dickens especially were really helping bring it back yeah it was just trying to kind of i think blend the two um eras of christmas both pre-1800s and then the most Mm -hmm. recent times so he was you know going off doing his thing Washington Irving also really helped during this uh, era to bring about a more family-friendly version of Christmas, I would say. Again, blending the pagan history with a more modern family tie. Washington Irving specifically wrote, I think it was an essay, where he believed that people of all classes should be able to get along and just gather for a nice dinner and have jokes and have like a good time. It was tone deaf at the time because obviously the class wars in the U.S. were... Um, For a reason, you know, like factory workers and things were not um, being treated well at all, you know, classic capitalism. Mm -hmm. And so he was just trying to, you know, create some peace. But it was a little bit like, sir, there are people that are dying. But I digress. Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol. And that's really what kind of created a lot of um, British ghost storytelling uh, during Christmas, which is kind of cool. And also, again, very recent. So he wrote it in 1843, which is literally one of the most well-known and retold Christmas stories of all time in the English-speaking world. I mean, you've seen it, you've seen it, we yeah, all seen it, we is... all know it, we've all seen it in various different ways. Muppet, live action, cartoon, Mickey Mouse, you know Jim everybody. Carrey. Jim Carrey. You name it, like there has been like a million different versions of it. And they're all pretty much the same i would say yeah. like they're they don't stray too far from the original text which is actually kind of rare mm-hmm. but it is kind of like a layered story so you can't really go yeah you can't creatively go in a lot of directions do you have a favorite variation other than muppets i, I was gonna say other than <laughs> no, the muppets that's because it. i was like, like there's the a... best <laughs> that's all i have for you thank you so much for your time all right all right then do you have a favorite yeah. version oh um my i mean i i think the Mickey Mouse one definitely sticks out in my head pretty strong. Muppets I think generationally, very, yeah. Yeah, I think the Muppets one is too good to, to put aside for it. It's just because I love the two old guys. I love yes. them. I, yes. they, I can't get over the fact how, how amazing they are. Just that I think that's my sense of humor through and through. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think the Disney one, unfortunately, like that's the one that really, really, I think, holds true in my mind. My, yeah. My little side. I watched, I think, for the first time last year, the uh, Jim Carrey one. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. Yeah, that one was fun. Very, very different. Yeah. But I like I those. Recommend. Yep. Like those, but super important to this Christmas ghost story tradition. So Dickens also, a- apart from writing this iconic, <laughs> you know, story, was also editing a lot of magazines in the 1850s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And regularly he would feature paranormal stories and things during the Christmas issue. So he would have like snippets, whether those be original stories or stories sent in mm-hmm. by other people. He would curate them to kind of include them um, within those uh, volumes. So that was really cool. Um, Dickens' publications were not just winter-themed, but, like, literally explicitly Christmas stories. Like, they were, yeah. like, straight up, like, 
this is happening during Christmas. And like, yeah, they would just, they forged a bond that people kind of all knew and began to love. I mean, obviously, if you're all kind of reading the same magazines within a country and like people kind mm-hmm. of create a culture around like, hey, you you read, you read The Seven Poor Travelers, 1854? Me too. Like, they were just... He was like their generation's version of Michael Buble. Like, during <laughs> Christmas time, Dickens would crawl out of his cave and yeah. like be ready to go with his Christmas stories. Just like exactly. Buble, he's like, okay, pump, pops out the manhole, climbs out of the sewer. He's like, I'm here now. <laughs> I will no- I will be with you for two months and then I will crawl back in January first. <laughs> Into my hole. He like literally has to do like that one thing that he's good at. Doesn't have to do anything else ever again. Honestly, how iconic. And the bad thing That's is the, the new Spider-Man movie comes out in December for most people in the States anyway. So his Spider-Man cover is going to not extend him any more time above ground he's gonna have to go back underground oh, on yeah. january That's 1st true. except it's... we get it in january sucks overlapping I'm overlapping better. with the the uh seasons of his appearances mm-hmm. i feel like he does disappear for the rest of the year but yeah so they were saying that christmas became a witching time for storytelling according to the smithsonian a lot of my information for this um charles dickens stuff is from the smithsonian magazine so I think that's, that means it's pretty credible right yeah. A little bit better than Wikipedia, I'd say. Yeah, no, I was I was in the Smithsonian <laughs> website, arm deep, looking for fossils. Oh. Yeah, fossils of Christmas. Oh, interesting. Interesting. You find any good ones? Yeah, this one. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, so he was doing all these things, you know, like making ghosts and Christmas, his brand. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm rebranding and it's ghosts and Christmas. Santa who? well yeah and then the whole santa thing didn't even happen until i think during this era as well so it's a whole doozy but we're not here to talk about santa because he scares me well that would be it that would make it a reason to talk about santa (laughs) at that point huh (laughs) yeah but yeah so he was doing this thing publishing his stories and all of a sudden in 1968 he just stopped he said let me just not he knew when it was he knew when he was doing something good he said let me not anymore he said, Isn't that wild? He said goodbye. Like he knew he was like, I have something good going and I'm gonna walk away from it. I relate to that currently. <laughs> if you know, you know. You know, but you know. Literally he just was like, I'm done. And he jokingly told a friend later that he thought he killed the spirit of original Christmas time. Um, thinking that he had made it a little bit too like a little too spooky, a little bit too like pagan, a little too Oh, come on. But he, you know, just decided to up and stop. He literally created something good and just disappeared. Which... I feel that. I feel that. Literally, like, one person says something to you, and then you, like, up and stop. That kind of happened with me for, like, social media. I had somebody, like, random just say something to me, and then I was like, you know what? Okay. And I stopped posting. I still have had a hard, such a hard time hopping oh on God. that bandwagon. Yeah. I'm just like, they whatever whatever they did really just, like, chopped me in half. I'm like, okay, I'm done. That and, was me with yeah. my TikTok comment section. Like, I was getting, like... <laughs> I was like, wow, I love making these fun videos. And the comment section just, it wasn't even bad. It was just annoying. And I was like, y'all suck. And so I just logged out of TikTok and never went back one day. And like, I will randomly like log back in and like people are like, where did you go? Like all 11,000 of my followers that like did not have to follow me. Like that, (laughs) which 11,000 is not that much for TikTok. But the fact that I got it in like such a short amount yeah, of time no, is so weird i feel like like it, once you like kind of get that train going on tiktok yeah. like it just keeps coming and coming yeah and no it's so going, it's so going. fast and i was like i'm never coming back bye <laughs> so i think mm-hmm. that he he ghosted everybody basically yeah. via magazine <laughs> 
If we should start a crop circles TikTok. Oh my god, just he, let I us just know. realized what I said. He ghosted everybody. Uh, but I got, got. <laughs> There That's he so goes. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> he, he ghosted everybody on the ghost story. <laughs> That's why he did it. Yeah. That's why he did he said, it. You know what would be the best ghost story? If me. I ghost it. <laughs> Bye. Me. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and then just freaking leaves. Oh my God. Wow. Charles Dickens, the original ghoster. Fades into bush. Fades into <laughs> pagan Christmas tree. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh my God. That's uh, so wild. But yeah, geez. good for him. Good for him. Yeah. So tell me more. Tell me more. We got to learn about tell the Christmas more. carols though, more. since we're now... In the era of Christmas ghost stories, in in the thick of it, one might say. We all know the story of a Christmas carol, right? Uh, we said there's so many variations of it, and like we're going to tell you again what it is. We're going to recap it just real quick for you so you guys know. Because this is probably the most popular Christmas story that we hear for during Christmas time anyway. That has uh, ghosts. Yeah, it got ghosts. It got ghosty boys and ghosty girls and everything in there. Who knows? Uh, I believe you know, the ghost of Christmas future could be anything. Could mm-hmm. be anything at all. Who knows what Grim Reaper is? I don't know. Um... But here we go. We'll start with it. It's the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. You know, an elderly, elderly, stingy AF businessman who is visited by ghosts of his former business partner, Jacob Marley, and the spirits of Christmas past, present, and yet to come, which I like to call future. Um, Jacob Marley was the ghost of Christmas past, was it not? In some stories, yes, but in the original, they are separate entities. Ah, so there were four ghosts. Nice to know. Depending on the variation. After this visit, Scrooge was transformed into a nicer, more empathetic person. He evolved. Yeah, like someone gave him a Christmas present. It was like, you know, I feel like he would evolve into like Deli Bird or something. I don't know who that is, but sure. He's the Santa Claus Penguin Pokemon. Oh, has you seen him? No, he's utterly useless, but he's so cute. Sounds like all my favorite Pokemon. I'm like, I love you. You're so useless. Yeah, I'll Google him. I'll Google him while I read the rest of this. Okay. Uh, so, so that night, Scrooge was visited by Marley's ghost. So this is his his yeah. work associate, um, who is condemned to walk the world forever, bound in chains as punishment for his greed and inhumanity in life. Um, basically, he, he was a dick. Yeah. Alongside Scrooge, who was also a dick. And they... He basically came to warn him, being like, "Hey, yo, you want to end like up, end up like me? Yeah. Then, then change your ways. Exactly. Change your ways. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna be stuck, and you're gonna be looking like me. You're gonna get ripped in the process, but that's not what this is about. <laughs> yeah, carrying around all those heavy chains, about to get buff. But yeah, so he gets visited, and I think that that lesson's pretty straightforward. Is like, you know, chill out. Oh, we're looking at the picture of this Christmas penguin Pokemon. Deli Bird. It looks like Santa Claus. And he's got a little sack. And he has got a present. His, one of his like, signature move is present. And it could either damage. Oh, nice. It could damage the Pokemon or heal them. You never know. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. It has like an 80% chance of hurting them. But like a 20% chance of healing them. I don't know. I could be wrong. Right, right, but right, right, right. That's his thing. That's cute little, and weird. Little Santa-san. Little penguin. Penguin love. Penguin. Thank you mode. But yeah. So anyways, mm-hmm. back to the, the carol at hand, yes. the Christmas carol. So that, I think that lesson was pretty straightforward. You know, he was like, it's the classic, do better or you'll end up like me. The, <laughs> do better. <laughs> it, it was a very parent move. I would say very yeah. dad move of him. You know, very dad story of him. Of course. But then 
the first ghost in the story to actually like to visit that is um, an iteration of Christmas is Christmas past. Mm -hmm. um, in the book, this ghost appears to be young and old at the same time. And Dickens refers to the spirit as it. So it's never really specified whether the ghost is male or female. We're going to call it a non-binary ghost. Oh, they, them right. pronoun, maybe it pronouns, I'm mm. assuming. And this role has been portrayed by male and female actors, old yeah. and young, depending on the variation of, you know, whoever's putting it on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's a very effervescent, very like, you know, it's like when you have those dreams and you're looking at a person, but you can't really look at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it, was, it was that kind of style where like it was old, it was young, it was tall, it was short, like that kind of mm -hmm. per, like being, I would say. And the spirit had a bright light streaming from the top of its head and carried a large cap in the shape of like those old timey like candle extinguishers. You know, like they kind of look like yeah, little bells. Yeah, yeah. I like. remember seeing, I remember like, I'm, it's all coming back to me now. I'm like, oh yeah, there was a three ghosts after Marley and this one, and specifically in the Jim Carrey one, like it has like a candle head almost. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, you'll yeah, see yeah. like those kind of artistic descriptions being brought a little bit differently every time so but yeah that in the book that's how it was described and the ghost showed scrooge both joyful memories of his child and teenagers as well as painful memories of like his ex and just really horrible things that caused his distrust and hate of other humans and this was to reflect dickens own pain as he saw the treatment of children in poor working conditions and he was actually super poor as a kid and he was forced to work in a blacking factory after his uh, dad was in prison for debt uh. so his father's debt became his own and so that he kind of used that story as like i could have been easily hardened by those experiences and easily become mm -hmm. super hateful but instead like i choose to see it as like i have seen people's pain and i know what mm -hmm. pe kids and other adults are going through today and i want you to learn from this so he used his own kind of like experiences and like learnings to kind of tell people to be nice to each other and yeah. to like realize that the situations that people are in kind of create them so that mm. was kind of cool of him i would say very interesting past didn't know that no, that sucked this. that like he had to take his dad's debt on mm -hmm. himself yeah it's wild isn't it could you imagine if that was like a thing today <laughs> like how wild they're like oh your dad's in debt because he wanted to buy you a house yeah go to the blacking factory nerd like <laughs> <laughs> what like, uh, and i would like honestly i wouldn't even put it past like in other countries that is actually a reality yeah now that i'm thinking about it like our very privileged point of view we might not even be seeing what could still be going on in other places well i'm just today. trying to think like is is it not a thing in the united states is that does that not happen what like the fact like if say my like my family my, my parents died and they had debt who has to pay who pays that i don't know life insurance obviously but like, right it, but i don't, cover I don't think so that you much? get to go to the factory <laughs> i mean i wouldn't have to go to the factory like, but like the factory would the, the, not the factory but the debt would be passed on to me most likely yeah especially as the how, eldest i don't think that's how that works legally but I'm not no lawyer. Gonna... Any lawyers out Any there lawyer... listening, please <laughs> let me please let me know if I need to start saving now. I uh, guess <laughs> just our plethora of lawyer friends listening. Thank you. Shout out to them. <laughs> uh, but let me let me tell you about the ghost of Christmas present. Now he was the more he was probably the one I liked the most. Mm -hmm. He was like super fun, super jolly, always shown very very like golden, and I almost saw like a king in a way. If anybody yeah, played yeah. um Resident Evil uh village basically the guy who sits like on his throat like is in that like weird little spot giving you things that he like, there's a big boned 
husky man that sells you uh, like guns and ammo and different things like in the game but he's like kind of scary and creepy and gross whereas like this ghost of christmas present has always like shown me that he's yeah he's pretty he's pretty he's pretty like a, he's almost like a santa claus character in a way except for big brown like goldish brown beard and a nice fun christmasy attire big long fuzzy coat eating food a plenty yeah um, he's the one this is like come closer to know me better or something yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. think i think that's the quote yeah but the ghost of christmas present becomes the mouse mouthpiece for dickens view on social reform and christian uh, charity not clarity christian charity generosity and goodwill to all men especially to the poor and celebration of christmas day dickens wanted everyone to be included of goodwill and religious or not uh this is basically where i think he ends up seeing like tiny tim right where he's like sees like how um bob is it bob cratchit his his uh his employee is like basically not able to provide for his family he's got a sick son who will like he ends up i think eventually seeing the the fate of um and mm-hmm. he he's like oh my god like i i am causing this person to be this way like i could be generous i could be mm-hmm. providing the like a, a decent enough salary for this person so he would be able to provide for himself like it's a yeah. chain event, you know, and where like, his generosity could change the lives of many around him. Um, yes, I think I forgot to mention this, but I'm just going to throw it in there real quick. You better. Is that um, during this time, Dickens also realized that like a lot of, I don't know, sa- the Sabbath was trying to be pushed. I don't know what those people were called, um, but the Sabbath, Sabbath was trying to be, not them. <laughs> they were trying to push it so then that, that way they could like close on like Saturday or w- what ha- oh yeah because a lot of people they- were still right. working on sundays because ho- like the holiday was like being pushed to- pushed aside well it was like not normal for there to be like a certain day to close or anything mm-hmm. like it was all just kind of up in the air but the people who wanted the sabbath for them to be for the day like to close mm-hmm. um weren't taking into consideration the fact that if everything closed on the sabbath that the poor wouldn't have hot food to eat because they would not have like poor homes didn't have access to like kitchens and things like it was basically like a room like with like a yeah, bed and like yeah, a closet yeah. and like not even a closet like a bed and like interesting the chamber you yeah, know if everything was closed on sunday right. then like so they would have like nothing to eat who's so, enough you'll see them on monday right yeah so then they were like hey like maybe consider like rotating people like what's the team they were like no everything has to close on saturday like that is a holy day so it was like this huge fight and dickens also wanted this to kind of be like mm. his outcry to them being like hey just because you would not suffer doesn't mean other people wouldn't so mm-hmm. like that was kind of like another little nugget of information and a little nugget i like that, that. Dickens, I like that. um just wanted him mm-hmm. like everyone to be aware like hey you know pe- poor people also need bread and like other things on this day because they don't have kitchens because they're because they're poor but yeah this is true no no not i, I actually love that tidbit so i'm you're more than welcome to interrupt me with more <laughs> more nuggets. <laughs> oh, you didn't interrupt me at all. I was done talking, uh, except for I have information on the ghost of Christmas to come. The Christmas uh, ghost, um, the one that comes for the future, that um, makes its appearance on the last stroke of twelve, the witching hour. Oh, is it? Is the witching hour? hour in this context, obviously, okay, like okay. we think the witching hour is what three. Yeah, I'd say yeah. three a.m. for me, but um. But during this time. Ooh, spooky. So uh, it is introduced as an ominous and silent figure, 
a solemn phantom draped and hooded, which I think a lot of people like would associate with the Grim Reaper. I think very that energy. People, that's mm-hmm. like kind of or like in the Disney version, it's Stinky Pete and his cigar. <laughs> yes, and I think his cigar like definitely makes like for me it stands out like there's all the smoke and mist and mm-hmm. stuff that goes around with it, and it's kind of scary. Um, but uh, Victorians believed ghosts had the power to see the future, including people's deaths. And here, the ghost revealed to Scrooge his own death. The spirit shows Scrooge that his fate is not set in stone because he can change his actions in the present. So he won't die nearly as quickly and not nearly as alone. I think he also sees like Tiny Tim's death, right? He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that like also hits um, a big, a big one on his heart. Because um, he sees like Bob Cratchit and his like the sadness that he brought, and he could have saved. Yeah, he could have saved his boy. Yeah, and that all kind of ties back to the um, pretty much like the first guy um, of Marley, who like also said like you have time to change your actions. It's all kind of like a, a crop circle, if you will. Like it all mm. kind of comes back full circle with the last ghost of Christmas. So that was kind of like the little nice metaphorical bow on the christmas present if you yeah. will and he had to do it quicker than he thought like i mean mm-hmm. some people be like okay yeah i'll change Just give me like uh i don't know a month a year like i'll make yeah. the efforts along the way i'll stumble and fall but this like scrooge had to make like a like an immediate change <laughs> he's like yeah. he, he was like i'm different now yeah tiny and, tim was he needed it immediately yes i would say. absolutely amen um but that pretty much wraps up the Christmas Carol, and uh, and you guys, you you already, you already knew that story, but maybe you don't know about the ones that we'll tell you after this break. Yeah, we're gonna take a quick little break and come back with some other ghost stories that were inspired by Charles Dickens himself. Hello. Hi. We're back. I know you missed us. Back, back, back again with some other ghost stories influenced by none other than our boy, Charles Dickey. Chuck Dick. Chuck Dick. Mm-hmm. Dick and Chuck. Dick and Chuck. No, J- Dick and comma Chuck. Dick Because you, you can't, I, that, that sounds wrong if you don't put no. the comma there. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, we're going to continue on. And <laughs> you, we need to see this man's impact because like we said, this was kind of like, a Christmas Carol really set it off for a lot of people. And Oof. his magazines that he was putting out were really like putting ghost stories on the map for Christmas. And it became kind of a tradition that people in Britain were doing during the time. Like we said, gathering around the campfire and singing the campfire song of yeah. Christmas ghosts. And he wasn't the only one that wanted to revive the holiday either. No, And yeah, then they really was... did take inspiration from him and like, ooh, ghost stories for Christmas? Heck yeah, let's go. Let's try this yes. for ourselves. So it became a trend, as mm-hmm. many things do, uh, we, as we are very familiar with now in the yep. internet age. But he inspired several books, and we're going to start with the oldest and roll on into the future. Well, our past, their future, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, the first one I'm going to mention is A Christ- a Strange Christmas Game by J.H. Riddle in 1863, actually written by a woman. Nice, okay, nice. Very let's go, cool. let's go. Yeah, I love that about this story. And it's about a brother and a sister. I actually read this. Who ends up inheriting a spooky manor called Martingdale. And I guess many years before them, their original owner, Jeremy Lester, was playing cards with their friends on Christmas Eve. And the clock struck midnight. And allegedly, Lester's guests begin to leave and go home. And as he escorts the guests out of the home, it's then when he is last seen. Or so the story was told by the other survivors. Hmm. 
When summer ends and the winter begins, the brother and sister who had recently inherited the house started to hear footsteps at night along with other strange noises. But on the anniversary of the mysterious disappearance, the brother and the sister end up going into the room where they last played the game and seeing an apparition. What seems like to be an imprinted memory of what happened many years ago. So they're watching ghosts reenact everything that went down that night. So the ghosts are spilling the tea, telling them the facts. And so they see Lester losing to his friends at the card games. And when he goes to clear his head in another room, he is murdered outside the home and is left to be buried in the harsh winter elements by one of his fake friends. Isn't that crazy? Fake. Yeah, and this leads the pair to help discover in the present time of the book where the body of Lester was and they like dug him up, not them, but like they had someone dig him up, put him to rest and it was like this whole like kind of murder mystery story until they solved it at the end via ghost apparition. Isn't that crazy? I like it. So like the anniversary brought back the energy of the ghosts and the they were able to come through the spirit realm and tell them the truth. By showing them what happened. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's wild. And I guess, like, the um, person who had killed him was still alive. And they were like, he's old. Don't bother him. They're like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, we don't even know this guy. And they didn't even, like, press charges. I were like, they didn't even press him. They were just like, okay. <laughs> and they were like, okay. So it was a wild, it's a wild story. But again, very British. It's 1863. Pretty cool. Yeah, this is how it worked. Yeah. Let me take you to 1895, though, where M.R. James wrote... I'm so glad you didn't read that as Mr. James, because when I was writing that, I was so scared. That was going to write... That you were going to read it as Mr. James. No, 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 because look look, look at this, look at this. It says M.R.James. If you had just put M.R. James, I would have been really, really concerned, and I, I would have written so... written by Mender James. <laughs> I was because so because AKA did not have a dash a dash or a dot a dot a. It was just Aka, and it was also next to Akamanto. Was spelled AKA. <laughs> so I have my. If anyone wants a screenshot of the slide, we should post that on Instagram. Literally. Uh, Mr. James, British writer, Lost Hearts. In ni- uh, 1895, um, was later put in a collection of writing called Ghost Stories in- of Antiquity. In- in- of Antiquary. Antiquary. What's Antiquary mean? I don't know. Come on, girl. Uh, an Antiquary, I'm assuming, is not a person. Or, well, let's let's use our let's use our context clues. Antique means old. Uh, antiquary uh, some uh, it's another term for antiquarian <laughs> that, that, that is what that is what i was told when i said to define an- antiquary <laughs> oh i guess it's someone who deals with like um rare books or like old books okay i'm cool with that books. so ghost stories of an antiquary okay very very cool it tells the story of stephen elliott a young orphan boy who is sent to stay with his much older cousin Mr. Not Mr. <laughs> Abney, uh, at a remote country mansion. <laughs> so very much like this manor that we heard from before. Always got to be a mansion. Always got to be. It was in Lincolnshire. I have a friend from Lincolnshire. Oh wow, cool. Yes, 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 yes. So this is definitely in England. Um, and the the, the mansion's name was As Warby Hall. It was what? As Warby Hall. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nice. did, 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 did you understand it? No, I got okay, it. Okay, cool, cool. I, got it <laughs> I was like, I, I know I said it fast, so I wouldn't mispronounce Ass it. Warby. <laughs> Ass Warby. As Warby. As Warby. As Warby. As Warby. Maybe we have to say it in the accent. 
Hold on, let me get into oh, it. God. Water bottle. Bottle of water. A bottle of water. It's Tuesday, in it. As will be all. As will be all. As will be all. See, it doesn't sound like ass warby if you say it in the accent. Right. Yeah, let me just switch up accents. As warby all. As I, can't, I can't even. I think I maybe. Let me see. No, no, I'll, no, I'll try a different accents. accent. Jimmy's mom. As warby all. Sounds so like There's so many different accents in Britain, though. So, like. Judy. Yeah, yeah, that's it's Aswarby Hall. Um, that's where okay. they stayed. Stephen Elliott stayed with his older cousin in Aswarby Hall in Lincolnshire, and his cousin is a reclusive alchemist, uh, obsessed with making himself immortal. Whoa, dealing with uh, the whole not dying thing. Um, Stephen is repeatedly troubled by visions of a young gas. I almost said Gatsby, but that's a gypsy girl and a traveling Italian boy with their hearts missing. Wonder how they're connected. I want to read this book now. I am very, very intrigued. Um, it was adapted into what we will later mention, a ghost story for Christmas show. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I didn't want to give away the whole plot because that one's like one of those ones that you could watch too. So I was like, that's a really good one. Okay, Lost yeah. Ark is very well known. So this one, Britain. this is a, did Netflix got an adaption of this? Can we go find some? I don't know if it's on Netflix, but a ghost story for Christmas was aired on BBC. So... I think you can definitely find it online. You know what else is on BBC? What? Nighttime. Daytime. <laughs> Nighttime. Daytime. Oh my god. I have Drag Race on BBC too. Drag True. Race UK. Yeah. Mm. Fun fact. The more you know. The more you know. But yeah, also, um, continuing on with the uh, yeah. ghost stories. Hit me up with some more ghost stories from Christmas. From Christmas, we are heading over and reading or talking about a warning to the curious and other ghost stories wait is that is that who i think it is yes oh my gosh it's mr james m r james <laughs> back to back to back again and um he was you know he was writing he was doing things yeah he, how many years later was this um like 30 years later yeah, yeah dang yeah, yeah. okay 30 years so he ended up writing or he created the ghost stories of antiquary collection um, then he made the second volume of that, and then he made um, Thin Ghost and Others, which was like his third like ghost story collection, and then his fourth installment was A Warning to the Curious and Other Ghost Stories, Nice. which is wild. He was an amazing ghost story writer, apparently, because all of his stories are still alive today. Yeah, for this is a really great book. I've yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah. Of, a lot really of people have stuff. hyped this one up. Yeah. And anyways, so the nori with the, the nori. The nori. Whoa, not seaweed. <laughs> rewind the story with the namesake of the book so a warning to the curious is like you know the main story of the book it's the big one the yeah. big money maker um it tells a story of this man named paxton who's an antiquarian again he probably was like the guy you see on antiques roadshow <laughs> like just appraising stuff i would assume you know but also an archaeologist um who holidays in seaburr a disguised version of like this town that he actually knew called adelburr in suffolk Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I believe sure. you. Mm -hmm. I believe you. you I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing these things correctly because, again, the accent, but I'm assuming. Adelberg. Suffolk. Suffolk. I Suffolk. It has to be Suffolk. And accidentally stumbles across one of the three lost crowns of An Anglia. <laughs> yeah. And he, it, like, all these three crowns have, like, these, like, legendary statuses, and this one protects the country from invasion. So he said, oh, yeah. this looks cool. Very a la Indiana Jones. Again. Invasion from who? 
other people, other countries. Oh, well, about Cletus. Not him, though, not aliens. But according to this thing, it was a well, who actually, who's to say if they're talking about ghosts? Yeah, you're right. Aliens yeah. ain't involved. Who knows? Who knows? Cletus but it was protecting, yeah, the country from nice. invasion of any kind, extraterrestrial the or hunts. terrestrial. Yeah. And upon digging the crown up, which mistake number one, out here digging crowns up out of the ground for who, no reason. Who bury in the first place? Yeah. Paxton is stalked by the supernatural guardian of said crown. Anyways, a bunch of plot happens, and two men find his body <laughs> on the beach. Look, I did not want to write the entire story. I feel like it could be said about any story, though. <laughs> just like, yeah, so, um, yeah, that, that guy, he just uh, did things, and then plot happened, and now there, there's the end. That's how it that's, works. Well, that's how it works. I was trying to think so, of an actual story, but I didn't no, even No, you just sounded like Gingy from Shrek. Not the gumdrop buttons. That was the exact same voice you just did, right? That's what I, I was going. That's, that's, that's what I was going for. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Anyways, so plot, 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 plot. If you want to know the actual plot, read the book. Like I'm not yeah, here to tell you the entire the book. book, but basically, two men end up finding his body on the beach, and he seemingly met a violent end. So his body was not in tip-top shape, mm. if you know what I mean. Rude. Anyways, the narrator states that the two men keep the location of the crown a secret and finish by saying that they have never been back or even, or that the author had never been back um, or even near Seabor ever again because so scary. And that was like the main ghost story in this book that we have. Is it, is it Seabor? 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 So interesting. I, so I would say Seaburg, but like. But it has I, an H at the end, so it's leading. Pittsburgh does too, though. Who said, who made up Pittsburgh, though? People who matter. I don't know. <laughs> but, exactly. But I, I, this is, it's from what, Suffolk? Is it still English? Yeah. It's all okay. English. I, it, could, it could be Seber. I've just never, I've, I didn't know the pronunciation. I thought if it was still spelled that way and pronounced Seber, I thought that was very interesting. That's why I was asking. I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. What's the next one, though, Ash? So the next one is called Smee by A.M. Barrage. Bridge. Barrage. Barrage. Bur- 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 <laughs> in 1931, again, a British man writing these tales. Um, and Smee is actually my favorite one. It kind of reminds me of Hide and Clap. Uh, if you guys watch the. Uh, what movies would in? When they play Hide and Clap? Oh, oh, uh, no. uh, Babadook? No. No, it was not Babadook. It was, it was Conjuring, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah. Y'all know the movie where they play Hide and Clap. That yeah, yeah, yeah. One. I think it was Conjuring. Well, this story really reminds me of that, and it's so, like, that to me is so wild and scary. But anyways, Smee is a ghost story about, um, a guest in a house telling visitors of the death of a young girl years ago that he had learned. Um, and they're all begging to play games with this guy. And like, I think he was like the older one out of the bunch of the kids. Mm. And he was saying like, y'all don't even know the truth of this house. But a few years ago, a young girl died playing hide and seek. She opened a door that thought led into a room, but actually led down like this really steep stairwell and then just fell down and like broke her neck and died. Like it was just very dramatic, very graphic. Very Spider-Man. Yeah. (laughs) And... They were like, oh, no way. Like, y'all just trying to freak out and get out of playing with us, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, no, 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 okay. Like, why don't we just decide to play Smee? And they were like, what's Smee? And so Smee is like, you you turn off all the lights. And before, like, you hand out, like, these pieces of paper. Like, you'll randomly shuffle them. And one has writing that says Smee and all the other ones are blank. So if you get a blank one, you're not it. But if you get the one that says Smee, you're it. And Smee is kind of like a variation of It's Me. 
Oh, it's, it's, me, it's me. me. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was like Captain yeah. Hook. No, no. It's like a variation of like, it's me, it's me. So whoever, so then you turn off all the lights once you like know who everyone's roles are. Okay. And you put the paper in your pocket. Okay. And you, whoever is Smee is supposed to like leave the room first and they all start running one by one, running around the house in the dark. And if you go up to a player and you say Smee and the other player replies with Smee, then that means that it's them. If they don't reply or they like just run past you, then it's not them. So you're all trying to like look after them. And as you like find it, that person, you hmm. join them in the party. So like then you try to like absorb all the other players. Then you like whoever's the last person who couldn't find the rest of the party loses. So it can become like this kind of like giant game of hide and seek because it gets harder and harder for whoever's it to be quiet because then there's like all these people following them. You know, because it gets, like, bigger. How interesting. So it's really funny, because, like, could you imagine, like, trying to move in, like, a little cluster of ten? Like, everybody shut up. <laughs> and, like, the other person in the house like, hey, where is everyone? So uh, scary. Yo, yo, Dick and Charles, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Stop clapping so loud. Oh, my God. Anyways, so the narrator convinces the kids to play this game. And when they're playing, they find some random girl named Brenda. And they were like, hey, Brenda. They're like, are you Smee? And she runs away. And then they end, she ends up, like, in this little squad of them, like, with Smee. Okay. And so when they start counting, like, the people, like, oh, how many people do we have? Um, you know, so we see if we have everybody. And so they start counting, and they're like, there's an extra. And someone goes, no, there's not. Count again. Like, you're tripping. Like, you probably just counted yourself. And they were like, who's that? And the girl was like, it's me, Brenda. And they were like, what the fuck? okay cool i guess and so they all like rendezvous they turn the lights back on or whatever and then they can't find brenda no more turns out brenda was the girl who died then she was playing hide and seek with them damn isn't that scary that's scary i would literally cry could you imagine you're like that's fake and then all of a sudden paul's just be like who that like that's immediately <laughs> wait 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 we got stop the game who are you <laughs> where's your paper no no paper gtfo <laughs> Get, get out of the house <laughs> leave yeah so that one smee really got me i thought that was really fun um and obviously you can place me with your friends if you are at christmas and maybe you'll find a ghost i don't know sounds kind of spooky to me we should play it we how, should play are we, how are we gonna play it in this room i'll make it happen Everybody like bopping around. We could hear each other. It has to be like in a mansion where you can't hear each other. Like, Let's get a mansion. Rooms. Who y'all know that has a mansion? Well, if we use all of our rooms, it could be a mansion. But there's like <laughs> no way of like turning the lights off outside <laughs> between our like apartments. But who's gonna hide outside? No, if you're going between rooms. Uh, you know what I mean. Like okay. so, then the yeah, can, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. You'd have to definitely hear the doors opening though, too. Yeah. That'd be a definite indicator like oh yep the door opened there we go the middle door yeah <laughs> yeah it'd be really hard to play here we definitely need to like do it in like an airbnb situation like the airbnb in hakone that we had is like the perfect house to do it in even though the stairs you could probably also break your neck on now that i think about it because they were so steep let's do it i say christmas trip to hakone and oh, we just airbnb something out and we just place me that house is so wild because the stairs are literally like. Imagine after a couple drink, like a couple things, like eggnog. Like no, we... we're like I'm surprised that no one like died on those stairs because we were running up and down them, and there was like a full bar that Max brought with him. Yeah, like, and you were sleeping outside one of the doorways too, weren't you on the floor? No, that was Maria. That was Maria. 
Are she we? was one of the flyers. I thought you were the one I was on the floor sleeping. No, she she was on the floor, but on like a tatami mat. Like, okay, you're out the way. You yeah. weren't like dead on the floor. No, Maria was like in the way of the bathroom. Like she was so in the way that we couldn't close the door of the bathroom. So people had mm. to pee with her present just passed out in like the floor. Yeah. We're like, talking about Miley. If no one knows what the god is, so yeah. not, she, <laughs> she was, she's the ghost. I, I was not invited to this Christmas party. It wasn't even Christmas. It was no. It was last summer. That's summer? how much I know. No, about it was it. not summer. Was it summer? Oh, it was raining. Do it Something again. Like Do it again. Anyways, let's continue on. Yeah, in more modern day stuff, we got a ghost story for Christmas. Is a strand of annual British short uh, TV films originally broadcast on BBC One between 1971 and 1978, and revived randomly since. 2005. Uh, they provided on-screen adaptions of traditional ghost stories around this time of year. Now, from what I've heard, because um, I was watching a like a live that uh, three people who are really into the paranormal were talking about. They're actually have like so they're professional writers um, and and uh, cryptologists, cryptozoologists. I need to say that correctly. For as much as we say that word, I need to say that correctly. Um, but they did a lot. They do a lot. They dabble very professionally in the field that, like, we're, we're kind of, like, only, like, hard Google searching. And we, we dive in pretty headfirst into it, but they, like, live this stuff. Um, and they were talking about how these BBC, um, like, ad adaptions really muddle the stories. They really, like, they don't like them. They, 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 they appreciate the fact that they've, like they're keeping them alive but they don't one of the guys was like really like eh, I, don't, I don't like how they how they do them kind of kind of thing they, he, he feels as though it cheapens some of the storytelling for it all um but i would really like to just see some of the what they what they've done with it you know since well, yeah we just talked about the lost heart which was yeah that's definitely what i do want to i do want to end up seeing and i'll actually go back and look at what he said on on um on the video so i know like exactly what he was trying to talk about now that i have like a frame of reference of like what these were um, but including The Signal Man by Charles Dickens was one of the things that they ended up doing there on the BBC network, um, which is about a railway worker guy telling a traveler that he's being haunted by a ghost that seems to be able to predict terrible things and accidents, which is kind of interesting. If you have some, like, just ghost telling you, like, hey, yo, something bad will happen, just be, just letting you know, just... Forewarning. I feel like that's almost like a Shinigami, in a way. Mm -hmm. Having, like, the whole light Yagami from, like, Death Note. Just having the one just hover over you. Like, oh, yeah, I know. I just give him an apple every once in a while. He, he's there. Kind of an ass. But he's yeah, there. Definitely. Um, but an actual, real-life, not fan-made malarkey. Not not Charles Dickatry. We're the, moving out of... We're moving um, out of the fiction. Where this is actual, like, non-fiction something that happened. Real-life. Yeah. Allegedly um a haunting on christmas uh and that was actually something i wanted to look into uh because there were so many fictional stories that were written for christmas time that i wanted to see if there were actual ghosts that were known to be haunting like regularly on christmas or christmas ghosts of some sort and there's not very many that i found that were too interesting there were a handful over like in kent england where they like, had to do with like a carriage and like a woman like killed another like hor uh, horseman of, of some sort it, 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 it was not nothing too too crazy that i i found too interesting however the one that i really did like and some a place that we've talked about actually covering on this series um is the christmas party ghost of alcatraz which 
I have never heard of this before looking it up and actually looking into it a little bit. There's not too many details on it, but I think it's kind of funny that it happened anyway because Alcatraz is notoriously riddled with ghost stories and hauntings and several people have gone into Alcatraz um, over the past, I don't know how many years and checked to see um, if it was haunted, stayed overnight there and actually done um, real life ghost dives and uh, ghost tours, I believe, to see if they're... Um, to see the hauntedness of it all. Um, but back in the 1940s, there was a staff Christmas party in the prison. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, while they were like bopping to Christmas music and having a good old time, eating the Yule log and, and I don't know, just being whatever inside this prison. Um, yeah, as, ter- as prison parties can get, I guess. They, uh... They were just partying, and all of a sudden, the lights shut off. The room got terribly cold, and all of the fires, like, in the ovens and, like, in the fireplace were snuffed out all at once. This sent a chill down everyone's spine, and everyone stopped doing what they were doing and just kind of stood there in silence for a moment as a gentleman in a gray suit with mutton-chop sideburns walked into the room. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Apparently, everyone saw him, and he stood there for like a minute, and then vanished. And as he vanished, everything turned back on, the lights turned on, the, the, the heat was uh, came back to like a normal room temperature uh, that was comfortable, and all the flames came back and were lit again. So like the fireplace that had been snuffed out had completely relit, it was fully ablaze again. Which is weird, um, and even though like the electricity and everything had turned back on the party did not continue they it was pretty much extinguished for the rest of the night at that point and it just so happened to happen on a a christmas party here uh in alcatraz and that was basically the only thing i found that was really interesting about any of these christmas stories here uh that was like real life but if you guys know of any more that happens on either a christmas party uh during christmas time um maybe related to any other holiday that's celebrated during this time kwanzaa hanukkah uh, and any maybe yule <laughs> can if we people get are a kwanzaa here. ghost in here let's please. go can i get a hanukkah ghost please like if anybody has any other ghost stories yeah. of, that pertain to the holidays please let us know because we yeah, had a hard time finding some diwali diwali ghosts amen Get all of them in here. Mm-hmm. I want to see. But if you do want to read uh, any more Victorian Christmas stories, in 2016 there was a book. Um, it was like a compilation, I guess, like a, a collection, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, called the Valen Court Book of Victorian Christmas Ghosts, edited by Tara Moore. Thanks, and it Tara. Is, yeah, a collection of short stories curated from all those infamous newspaper and magazines, uh, little bits that we talked about earlier. Um, and it sounds really cool. It, a lot of them are very um, either rare or were very prominent at the time, but were kind of forgotten in history, mm. um, but were super relevant in Victorian England. Oh, I love to read um, those. My favorite one by Anonymous is called How Peter Parley Laid a Ghost. I want I want to know what happened in that story. I'm going to get the book just to, just to find out Honestly, how he did lay yeah, a ghost. I'm going to read that. If you guys have read that, tell us what you like. And if you have any uh, ghost story in there that you recommend. Because I would love to read any of these to check it all out and to see what other ghost stories will lurk in the spookiness that is shrouded by the decorations we put up in December. Exactly. 
So um, this has been a Victorian history, mostly about yeah. Christmas. Very, uh, very interesting. Yeah. So thank you guys for joining us. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun researching this because I did do um, a lot of my pop culture class in college was about the history of Christmas. So I had a lot of fun kind of recanting a lot of that history and learning some new things, too. It's so super yeah. cool, and I had a great time looking into it just because it's a totally different side of Christmas that I've never dove into. Yeah, uh, definitely. Coming from Catholic Christian backgrounds, it is not... A, at least we didn't grow up with this kind of stuff. No, it was never even, mm-hmm. like, told about... You you hear it in, this, in the music, you know? Like, yeah, you, uh, you, heard, you hear it in the song, song but you never... You, you sing the lyrics, but I never once questioned, like, what, what they meant by that. And yeah. um, so we... We found out. We found, we found out, out today. We looked into it. And we we wanted to bring that knowledge to y'all just in case you guys didn't know about it. And uh, maybe you guys can dive into that with us because we still have a couple more weeks left in December to do yeah, so. Yeah, and we are on episode 10. So we will be finishing up the season in three episodes, which is crazy to think about because... Yeah. I don't know. It's been, a, it's been a wild ride with this podcast. I think we've learned a lot. Absolutely. And then next episode will be our Christmas episode. So yes, be aware of that. Be here for that on the 24th. That'll drop. So be careful because we are bringing you some awesome information about a very important Christmas stud. A Christmas spook. Yes. Okay, so be okay. around. That was a little, your little hint of the, of the week. We'll get that to you guys next week. And, yes. um, well, if you guys liked this season and you guys want a season two, let us know. Give us uh, give us some feedback on any of our platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all the things. Um, and be sure to listen and share all uh, all your favorite episodes to your friends so they get, uh, get, get, get the knowledge that you guys have. And you guys can talk about some pretty cool stuff that we get to talk about. And you guys can even message us and we can talk about it. Um, had a great time looking this up and doing these, these, uh, these episodes for you. And um, I'm down for a season two if you all are. Yeah, let us know how you guys feel about this season. We would love to hear anything and everything that you have to say, especially over on Instagram. Hit us on comment, hit us on DM. Y'all know where to find us. Um, at Crop Circles Pod, both on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Ash Cassie. You can find Corey at CFowl22. And you can find our podcast ghost, Miley, at Miley.Compania on Instagram. So follow us there. Shout us out. Talk to us. Even if you tell us that you don't like it and you made it this far... Tell us that you don't like it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Be a hater. Give us notes. Be a hater. Absolutely. Love that for us. But yeah, this has been this week's episode. We will see you on Christmas. Ho, ho, ho.